Greetings in the name of Christ and welcome to Concord Matters, a show that seeks to be united in our confession of the Christian faith through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says it well from Romans 15. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We seek this harmony by the Holy Spirit through the study of the clear and concise teachings confessed in the Book of Concord. Which is why when we, when we say that about the Book of Concord, we're not saying, oh, there's a separate book that has it all that we need. No, because the Book of Concord is in accord with God's holy word, which is our only infallible and rule and source of our faith. I'm your host. Brady Finnern, District President of the Minnesota North District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for joining us on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. We begin our study of the last chief part of Luther's small catechism, the sacrament of the altar. We begin this by just asking the simple question, what is it? What is the sacrament of the altar? Now, it seems very simple. It actually doesn't have that many words. It just points us to God's word. It says a few things, but it is a question that has been asked throughout the history of the Christian church. And it is very important because how you answer this question has major implications of your view of Christ, God's word, the forgiveness of sins, and even your salvation. So open up your catechism, get out your Bible, and let's start confessing. If you have any questions concerning our study of the small catechism, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, kfuo at kfuo.org. Joining us in the Confession of Christ, we welcome Pastor Keith Lynch of Grace Lutheran Church in Naples, Florida. Pastor Lynch, welcome to Concord Matters. Hey, thanks, Brady. It's great to be with you. Pastor, this is our first time together here on Concord Matters. Tell us about yourself, your family, and the work of the saints at Grace Lutheran. Well, my, my wife and I, uh, Lori, we have uh, three children. Uh, my wife and I have been married for uh, almost 30 years. It'll be 30 years coming up. Uh, we got one more year and we'll hit 30. And then my uh, we have uh, uh, our oldest son, Andrew. Uh, he is uh, married and uh, has uh, uh, works in the IT, uh, does computer work. And then uh, my middle son, uh, Jeremiah, is a, uh, a going to fireman school. And then our daughter, Rachel, we've talked about before. Uh, she is a, a, a second-year student at Concordia, Wisconsin. So uh, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's uh, very exciting. She's in their Director of Christian Ministries degree program. So uh, the, the congregation here at Grace Lutheran in Naples is just a wonderful congregation. We are a uh, liturgical congregation. Uh, we know who we are. There's lots of opportunities for contemporary worship around us, but we are, uh, we are, we are, uh, you know, uh, not afraid to say this is what what we do, and and we try to do our best in in uh, bringing the liturgy and the sacraments uh, to God's people. Uh, we are one of those snowbird congregations. So I know a lot of people travel uh, from the north and they come down and uh, spend uh, six months with us or five months with us. And it's great to have them for that time. So uh, wonderful place. Come visit us anytime. And that's something where um, it's funny because our family, we, we visit Florida in the summer 
And so I don't know. What do you call somebody who visits in the summer? We're not snowbirds. What would be? Uh, you, you, you'd be um, crazy smart. is what you'd be. Crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a little warm in the summertime and it is. Uh, humid it is. and it does rain. But yeah, we do get a lot of visitors in the summertime too. It's Florida is a great place. It's just a wonderful place to be. Well, thanks be to God. And like like he said, if you are in the likes of Florida any time of the year and you're near Naples, check them out at Grace Lutheran Church in Naples. Now, Pastor, we are we're keeping it simple. This this is a small book, small catechism. It's simple words. And I, I just want to dig right into this. Um, a reminder to our listeners, we are studying the Luther's, excuse me, the Luther's, Luther's small catechism with explanation. This is the 2017 version from Concordia Publishing House, and we are page 28. And we're just going to go simply through what is the sacrament of the altar and where is this written. So we confess the faith um, that our Lord has given to us by God's word. So what is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is a New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Pastor, these are words that people have heard a lot in their life. And it is really that simple. And we're going to spend our whole time talking about it. What is the sacrament of the altar? Where do you want to begin? Yeah, great question. So, uh, Luther really, you know, with, with that question sort of uh, makes it very clear. This is my body, right? Um, words that he had uh, written on the table when he was discussing it <clears throat> with uh, fellow uh, theologians, um, with uh, Zwingli and, and, uh, and uh, you know, wrestling over what this is. It's Christ, right? It's the word of, of our Lord. Um, our Lord Jesus commands this. Uh, institutes this. This is his last will and testament, right? Yeah. This is the very, it's his body. Uh, I always tell uh, our confirmands about the gap, right? So um, our Lord Jesus died. I usually draw some stick figures on the board and then now, you know, I'll, I'll draw a cross and uh, I'll draw an arrow back to the cross. So some 2000 years ago, our Lord suffered and died, paid for our sins there at the cross. And then how is it that we receive all the benefits that he has won for us in his cross and suffering? Well, we receive it through means. And so our Lord gives us a baptism. He gives us the Lord's Supper. And, and most importantly, it is the word of God that connects um, these elements to himself so that we can receive all that he has won for us. So in the Lord's Supper, in, with, and under bread and wine, we receive all that Jesus did for us on the cross. We receive his body broken. We receive his blood shed, it, given for us for forgiveness, life, and salvation. That's what's packed in that bread and wine through the word. It is all about the word of God connecting 
uh, those uh, uh, connected to those elements. Same thing in baptism, right? I mean, so in baptism, we're washed in the waters. It's that initiatory rite that brings us into the family of God. And then we have food for the soul that carries us through to eternal life. I, I always think of it like this. So the children of Israel, they, they were released from their bondage in Egypt, and they went out into the desert, and, the, and, and Pharaoh tracked them down, chased them down, until he had them pinned there at the Red Sea. And so what does our Lord do? He parts the Red Sea. Moses lifts up his arms, and the sea parts, and, and the children of Israel wander through water on dry ground and get to the other side, and then that water swallows up the Egyptians as they're trying to, to come and kill them, and they are rescued through water. So that, that Red Sea event was a baptism in which they were uh, sort of rescued uh, to, to eternal life. And, and then what happens? They wander for 40 years. Now they're on the desert, not a lot of food, not a lot of water. In fact, this coming Sunday's text in the, in the, uh, in the one-year series is about how God provided water from a rock, and then St. Paul tells us that that rock was Christ. So living water, right? Now now, now they're going to journey to the promised land, and as they're journeying to the promised land, well, they need, they need to eat. And what does God provide them but bread from heaven, water from a rock? And that, that water was, was Christ. So similarly, in our lives, we are baptized in the water. We are rescued from uh, sin, death, and the devil, and 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 we are now be we now belong to the Lord. And now we are wandering in this wilderness until we enter the promised land, eternal life. And so we need food to survive, and that food that our Lord gives is Himself. He is uh, our our food. That that bread and wine in with and under uh, is Christ given to us for our for our life as we journey heavenward and uh, towards the promised land um, I, I find that find that very fascinating it's it's interesting that that the text for this Sunday as we're getting ready to journey into Lent pretty soon is the 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 Red Sea and not the Jordan River mm. you know what I mean so so mm -hmm. this is the, the life we live is out in the wilderness Eventually, we will cross the Jordan, right? We will enter into the promised land of, of, of eternal life. But I, I think that uh, is... is uh... So um, one more thing about that, and then I'll, I'll kind of end, and then I'll tell you a little couple stories. But um, preaching is such an important thing that we do as pastors. And, um, and what do we preach? Well, we preach Christ crucified. And, and, and where do we find Christ crucified, but in the means that God gives in baptism and the Lord's Supper? And so we're talking about the Lord's Supper here today. Our preaching, Luther has this idea that our preaching should drive, should, 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 drive is a bad word, but it should, it should inspire people to hunger and thirst to receive the sacrament. So our, our uh, you know, if your pastor is preaching and at the end of that sermon you go, well, I don't really want to go to the Lord's Supper today. <laughs> That's not what the sermon was about, right? The, the sermon is 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 there to kind of appoint us to where Christ is found. And, and yes, it is a law gospel sermon that brings us Christ uh, through the Word. But it should also be pointing us, I think, to where Christ is found in the supper, 
Uh, and so it should be, it should be, uh, you know, I hate those, those, those thoughts of motivating and that kind of thing. It's, it, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm at a loss for the word. It, 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 it drives us to the supper. Mm-hmm. Preaching should, should be, you know, kind of driving us to the supper where we, where we have Christ. Um, and, um, and, and we have that, that food for our souls. So that's just a couple of thoughts that were running through my head. Well, Pastor, as you as you're thinking through that, it is, it is, it is. When we are preaching, and when you have baptism, there's a very striking language that we will use. That we don't say, "Well, my opinion is," or mm. "This kind of is," and and this really comes true with how Luther speaks. First of all, I would encourage everybody, as Pastor said so well, that. Go back to some of our uh, uh, previous broadcasts about baptism because we had Pastor Dennis McFadden, who was a Baptist for 62 years of his life before he became an LCMS pastor. It's just a crazy story. But he he speaks about that just uh, very strong proclamation of truth. that This is not just plain water, but water included in God's command and combined with God's word. It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil. Boom, there it is. And here, the language is very explicit that Luther writes, mainly like you mentioned before, um, you had see that in Zwingli, where he's kind of like, ah, oh, it's a spiritual presence, or there's a whole, I mean, I would encourage our listeners also to look up some of that history, because Luther is very, very, very committed to saying, this is a very important doctrine that is means is, that has huge implications. And he says the word, it is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I do want to ask you this, Pastor, and this is a, a, a question for our, our listeners, for, for our members. Why is it important that we use such language? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there, there I mean, there is some confusion as to what the Lord's Supper is in, in a lot of other uh, churches, and I think even within our own uh, Synod, we we have pastors and congregations that wrestle with the, that idea of this is the true body of our Lord, and 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 you know, in order for it to be what it is, in order for us to receive what Christ has promised, that we have forgiveness, life, and salvation in this meal, well, then that means that that Christ has to be truly present, that this has to be His true body and true blood. If it is not, then we're not getting what Christ promised, and we're not receiving what Christ promised. And then it's just a memorial meal in which we remember what our Lord did, and um, and it's symbolic, and it has no real uh, lasting salvific um, power behind it. And that, I think, is, that's a big problem. So, um, you know, I, I remember... I, I, a sainted uh, professor of mine that I took uh, at, at the seminary, that, and we were wrestling with this whole idea of, of, of you know, the, the true body. And, um, and so other churches that do not believe that it is the true body, what do they get? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and this, this, this professor said, well, I like to hope that um, they get what they believe which is sort of an odd thing because that's not what Luther is talking about. Luther says the word of God makes it the true body and blood of our Lord. 
but but I, I, I tend to like what this professor was saying. So let's take a, a church body that does not believe that Christ is truly present um, and that this is not the true body of Christ, but just a memorial meal. They get that memorial meal, which so, you know, for them, it means that that they're not taking it to their harm and eternal destruction, which sounds okay, right? I mean, that would, be, uh, I, I, you know, I hope he was right in that case because then, you know, but then on the other hand, the word of God is living and active and it pr produces what it says. Even, and, and, and Luther in the large catechism talks a little bit about this. He says, you know, it doesn't matter um, whether the guy believes it or not when he's doing the words of institution because it is the word that makes the sacrament the sacrament, not the person who says the words. Um, and, and I think that's important to remember. So, so that's sort of a contradiction to what that professor was saying. And I, and, and I sort of like what he's saying because it, it, you know, but then on the other hand, you see the dilemma that we're stuck here in? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and so now back to your question, why it is important that it's the true is because I think because if it's not the true body, then, then we're not getting Christ. And, uh, and, and I don't know about you and your listeners, but I need Jesus more and more every day. And I'm sure they do too. Uh, and, and so we need Christ. We need our Lord Jesus in our lives. Um, in, in that, um, in, in, in that mystical union, uh, in that a sacramental way, uh, where we receive what he has won for us. And that only happens if it's the true body of our Lord and the true blood of our Lord, which it is. And the word of God is clear about that. So uh, I hope I didn't muddy the waters there with the conversation about what the professor was talking about. But I think that was interesting. And I've always wrestled with that myself. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and so here at Grace, we get to have the Lord's Supper every Sunday. And, and uh, Brady, we were talking a little bit before about... Um, there was a time on an, on a Christmas uh, at Christmas time we for we I I, I said we're not going to take communion because there's too many visitors, <laughs> and my members uh, jumped all over me after that and said, you know, you were punishing us because of the visitors, right? You were denying us the sacrament because of visitors uh, for the for the good of the visitor, and and that struck me. Um, so we we have the Lord's Supper all the time. Uh, because we need it, and uh, and and because of that, we've also decided to go to an early communion where we can commune our confirmands before they uh, uh, are confirmed. So we'll start confirmation class with them, and we'll take them through some classes about the Lord's Supper, and 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 we will commune them early uh, because um, I'm pretty hard on them in confirmation class. They need all the Jesus they can get in order to survive. And, uh, and so uh, it's an important thing that they, uh, as sinners, are receiving Christ in, in the sacrament while they're going through confirmation class uh, so that they can be strengthened to get uh, uh, confirmed so that they can, they, can have that, um, they can have Jesus with them in that meal. And then the last thing I want to just uh, uh, touch on there, too, is we have that great phrase in the liturgy, and now with angels and archangels, and all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, and then the congregation uh, sings, holy, holy, holy. That, that 
that little, you know, uh, interlay there between congregation and pastor, we do not become angels when we die. That is sure and certain. But we, uh, when, when we depart this life, we are part of the, all the company of heaven. And where Jesus is, there's the church on heaven and on earth. And so when our Lord is present in bread and wine at the sacrament on Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings or whenever it is that you have the divine service and you are having communion and Christ is present, all of heaven is with him. And all those loved ones who have departed in the faith and, and, and they are no longer with you in the way that they were before, they are now with the Lord in heaven, you are with them because Christ is present. And where Christ is, there's the church. And so in, with, and under bread and wine, the true body and blood of our Lord is present for you and, and we get a little foretaste of that meal on this side of the rail. And then on the other side of the rail, we have our brothers and sisters who have died in the faith with us. Um, so I've constantly tried to encourage people when they've lost a loved one, come to the supper uh, because there uh, you will be with your loved one because you will be with Jesus. Um, and, and just got back from a class and, and, uh, and, 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 uh, the, the, there was a student there and, and a pastor told him not to mention that too often because we don't want to get people thinking wrongly about that. And, uh, I was, uh, that struck me because I would think, you know, we want to be with Christ and, and, and we want to be with our loved ones. I know my mom and dad are with the Lord. Uh, and, uh, and I look forward to Sunday after Sunday, uh, knowing that nothing separates us from the love of Christ Jesus. And if nothing separates me from Christ, then nothing separates me from my loved ones who have died in the faith. And they're there at the supper. <laughs> mm. Uh, what, what, you know, what a wonderful, what a wonderful blessing. And as we look at this, it is it goes back to those simple but yet profound words that, for example, uh, our family members heard all the time that, that this was not a, uh, a question of, I'm not sure what that is, but I'll go up anyways. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 the, the, that they went up and, and the pastor, especially well, in the Lutheran church, at least in the LC, in the Lutheran church, Missouri Synod, that the pastor will say, this is the true body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, and I want to share two things with this pastor. First one is I had spoken to one person who had, had become Lutheran and was a Christian, but became Lutheran. And one of the dynamics that they said that really struck chord with them was as they were evaluating churches before they started membership classes, they were listening and the pastor was going up and saying, this is the true body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. That, that they said that word true just really hit them between the eyes because they had always heard like words like this represents or clearly this can't be the body and blood of Christ, um, but we give it to you anyways. And, 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 and it's something that just really struck them that they then for the first time when they went through membership class and became a member of that congregation, they said, I went up there with, confidence, not thinking about myself, 
But and if they did think about themselves, they're thinking about, I need Jesus, like you mentioned. But I was thinking of Christ. And I think that's an implication that we have to remember that although 99% of the time, many people will hear this and not think twice about it, but that truth <laughs> hits them um, every single time where they're not, the, the biggest thing is they're not, we're not adding more questions to their life. Jesus doesn't add more questions when he brings the Lord's Supper. It's very clear what it is, the body and blood of Christ. Pastor, any thoughts on that need for truth and, and, and such stories that we'll see when we're in ministry? I think, I think certainly that word true, the true body, it, it, it's there, I think, to take away doubt, mm. to impact, you know, question and doubt and to give you comfort. Um, you know, this is the true body given and shed for you, right? I mean, this, this, mm -hmm. this body and blood is true and it is for you, for your forgiveness, life and salvation. So those words, I mean, all, all those words together are so uh, wonderful that um, I, I think that brings great comfort to people when they're wrestling with the true body, right? Is uh, having doubts, right? Well, we can be sure and certain because it's not man that says this is the true body. It's mm -hmm. God himself, right? It's Jesus himself that says, you know, this is my body. Uh, very clear, very clear you know, very succinct. It's not, uh, not something that we actually need to have a big debate over. Right. I mean, this is the body and blood of Christ. He said, so I didn't, I didn't make it up. Man didn't make it up. <laughs> and that's an emphasis that we need to make that when we, you know, in our churches say the true body and blood, it's not because, wow, we better, we better give people some assurance here because, you know, uh, we need to make sure they follow our orders. No, we do it because that's exactly how Jesus spoke. Yeah. This is my body. This is my blood. But right now, we need to take our break. We are confessing the truth of the sacrament of the altar, Holy Communion, and we will be right back. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Put this wisdom of God into practice by listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple, and faithful pastors from around the world help sharpen my faith in Christ every episode. I know you'll be blessed by listening and studying God's Word with us. Listen to Sharper Iron weekdays at 8 a.m. on KFUO and on demand at KFUO.org, the KFUO radio app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We are studying what God's Word has to say about Holy Communion, the sacrament of the altar from Luther's small catechism with Pastor Keith Lynch of Grace Lutheran Church in Naples, Florida. Now, Pastor, we spoke about where this is written, um, and we've spoken a little, you know, we've spoken a little bit about that. We've confessed what it says. Uh, there's about 20 million different directions we could take in this. Where do you want to go next? Oh, wow. Uh, well, just wanted to let you know, it's like 86 degrees down here right now. I <laughs> figured I'd throw that in there. Uh, it, it's yeah, I don't a think that has to do with community. And, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think that doesn't have anything to do with the Lord's Supper, but I just thought I would share. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I, which which way to go? Which way to go? Um 
Man, that's a great question. Uh, I, you know, I do love, so the small catechism is wonderful and there's so much good stuff in the small catechism. I mean, you know, you talk about the nature of the sacrament and the, the, the meaning behind it, the benefit of it and, and who should receive it worthily and what does all that mean? And, and uh, the power of the sacrament, you know, certainly you could, you could go through that. I, I do like, I like the large catechism too. I think there's a lot of wonderful things in the large catechism. That's that, that, you know, um, that Luther kind of adds to that. What the one, the one thing that struck me in the large catechism is Luther calling it the treasure uh, that uh, this great treasure, right? The sacrament uh, we go to the we, Luther says we go to the sacrament because we receive there a great treasure through which and in which we obtain forgiveness of sins. Hmm. Um, you know, so so once again we're back to that bridging the gap, right? That in the sacrament there our Lord um, forgives us of all of our sins. Now, yes, you have forgiveness in your baptism, and and yes you have forgiveness in the confession and absolution at the beginning of the service. And, and yes, you, you, you are hearing forgiveness in the sermon as, as, as it is preached. And, and then also, yes, you, you are receiving forgiveness in the Lord's Supper. This is, you know, this, the, the divine service is not about what we do as much as it is about what God is doing uh, for us, to us, in us, through us, right? The, he is serving his people. And, um, and that's, that's the picture of what's happening in the Lord's Supper. Uh, in, that, in that meal, we have our Lord Jesus as not only the host of the meal, but also the, the food in that, that meal. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so we, we have this, this great treasure that we can return to again and again and again and again. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, Luther in the catechism said, well, you know, if you don't go at least to four times a year to the Lord's Supper, well, then you're, you're not really a Christian. And sadly, um, uh, uh, churches have taken that and said, okay, well, then we'll have the Lord's Supper four times a year. I don't think that's what Luther meant. Um, you know, he obviously was meaning we should be taking the Lord's Supper as, as often as, as we can because we need, we need the treasure that God has given, the great treasure of forgiveness in that meal. And, and so it should be happening, you know, frequently. Um, now, I know some churches have it more often than others, uh, and, um, and that's always something um, that I think that can be encouraging for you to talk to your pastor about, um, you know, let's have the Lord's Supper more frequently than less. Um, most of your pastors would probably not say, well, I don't want to have it less. I want to have it, have it more. Um, you know, I, if the sermon goes sour, the, the sacrament rescues us, hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, hopefully the sermon doesn't go sour, but, but you, you, you know what I'm, you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, we have that great treasure in that, in that last will and testament that our Lord gives, uh, to, to give us, uh, what we need. And we need that food 
for our life. We need that, that food for our soul to, uh, to bring us what we need. I, I remember we had, uh, uh, many years ago, we, we had uh, President uh, Harrison here and, and he preached uh, a sermon in which he talked about, you know, we, we bring our sack every uh, Sunday. We, we come to church and our sack is empty because we have been doling things out throughout the week. And we come with this empty sack and we get to fill it up with grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And we leave on Sunday morning and we go out into the world throughout the week and we, from our sack, dispense this grace to those people that uh, we come in contact with, our family members, um, our, our co-workers or whoever that may be. And then we come back the following week with an empty sack and, and we get to have it filled back up again so that we can go back out into the world. I, I, that is, a, I think, a wonderful picture of the necessity of the sacrament on a regular basis, the Lord's Supper on a regular basis, because it fills us up. Um, you know, you, you would not think um, if, if <laughs> you, you would not think, well, listen, I'm only going to eat once in a while. Hmm. I'm, I'm not going to eat very often because, you know, I, I, that's not how we think. We eat when we're hungry. Uh, we eat hopefully three meals a day, um, you know, and, and, and so the sacrament is sort of like that in the sense that it is this great treasure that we need more and more and more. Luther talked about taking the Lord's Supper daily, um, which I think is, you know, we, we certainly don't have that going on in many of our churches, uh, but that was, that was his life. Uh, return to the Lord's Supper frequently. I do. I do find it fascinating, though, that that on his deathbed he doesn't take the Lord's Supper. Hmm. Like that's not that that. I mean, from what we've read and what we have about his the end of his, you know, the last day of his life, when he probably knew that that was the last day of his life, that he doesn't request the sacrament. Maybe because he was getting ready to take it anew. Um in the promised land mm. uh that that you know and I, i've often thought about that um uh, you know that the fourth phase here the banquet there right right and it's amazing to me we 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 hear jesus giving very simple language and it's it's, it's highlighted in our in our small catechism and i don't we need Jesus, as you said. I don't know. I need more Jesus. I need more of this. And also, we need it very simple. And once again, this is the clarity that we have in the small catechism especially, but I would say even in our confessions, where the words are written, okay, what is it? It's the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine. Now, typically, Pastor, this language that we will we'll speak about, okay, it is the, the true body and blood in with and under the bread and wine. And a lot of times we can do, we can have a whole section in scripture or have a whole class in confirmation trying to explain that. Yeah. I mean, how does this happen? And the kids are like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about that? And then adults kind of try to do a little bit of hoopla as well. Um, what's a simple answer to that? How is that possible that the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ from the cross, 
from history is now in that bread and wine, and we receive it in faith. How is that possible, Pastor? What would you say? Uh, you know, the answer to that is because Jesus said so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? It's that easy. Right. I mean, it's, I think it's that simple. I mean, you know, because uh, the rational mind is not going to come up with an answer that's going to satisfy. Right. You know, the rational mind is going to say, how can that be? Right. How can Jesus be present at all the altars around the world at any one given time when people are celebrating the sacrament? You know, I know we celebrate the Lord's Supper at 8 and 1030 here every Sunday, and I'm sure that some of our other LCMS congregations around us are celebrating the Lord's Supper at the same time. So how is it that Christ is present at our altar and their altar and the altar I just, just came back from, from Kenya. I was in Africa for about 10 days on a mission trip, and we were over there uh, serving uh, at, uh, uh, it's called Point of Grace for Kenya's mm. kids, Point of Grace with Pastor Dennis Meeker and his uh, wife, uh, Deaconess Lorna Meeker. And, um, and we, they, they belong to the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya, which we are in fellowship with. And so I got to do the, uh, you know, I got to uh, administer the sacrament over there. I got to lead the worship service at, at their service, and uh, we celebrated the sacrament there. And then I, I got to go to another one, uh, a, 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 another Evangelical Lutheran Church of Kenya congregation. They spoke uh, Wadi Lua there, which is a dialect of Swahili. So I didn't, but they were using setting three, you know, old TLH, and uh, and I could follow along. And I got to help um, uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper there. I got to help administer the sacrament there. <clears throat> so fascinating, right? Wonderful. <clears throat> We're celebrating the Lord's Supper in all these different places. And because Jesus has said it is so, and he is a God in the flesh, in our human flesh, and that human flesh was taken up into heaven uh, on the day of ascension, he is present everywhere, uh, in, with, and under the, the bread and the wine because of the word of God, it makes it so. And I, and I, you know, we rationally, how do, well, we just believe what Jesus says, right? This is my body. This is my blood. This is true. Um, you know, we believe it. We believe it because our Lord said so. Uh, and, and, and that, you know, if, if <laughs> when your kids ask you, you know, why do I have to do this? And you tell them, because I said so, right? That, that carries a little bit of weight because you're their father or, or mother, right? And, um, you know, okay, do this. Why? Well, because I said so. But, but this is different. <laughs> this, is the, this is almighty God. This is, this is the, this is the, the Father and the Son and the Holy, this is the Trinity, right? This is Jesus, the second person of the Trinity saying, this is my body. This is my blood. This isn't me saying it. This isn't just someone, you know, some man saying it. This is the God man who says it. And when Jesus says things, we, we they are, they, they happen. We do it because he has commanded. We believe it to be so because he has commanded it to be so. And that's the difference between, and that's why I think we can have confidence and 
and we can be at uh, peace. And, and when we hear that this is the true body of our Lord, we, we believe it. And, and when we see that in this little piece of bread and this little you know, sip of wine, we, we get Christ, um, that, that's what our Lord said. Right? And, and because he said it, I believe it. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that's the work of the spirit in us, right? The spirit creating faith, sustaining faith. So, um, just a quick thing about baptism in the Lord's supper, right? I, I'm not saved by my baptism. I'm saved by Jesus who I received in my baptism. <laughs> mm -hmm, I, I, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not saved because of the Lord's supper. I'm saved because of Jesus who is present in the supper. And, and I think those that's a, an important distinction to make that that we, we don't we Lutherans um, are not um, you know uh, our, our faith is in Christ alone who who gives us these these gifts who who institutes baptism right go and baptize all nations uh, and and in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit teach them take eat this is my body given for you take drink this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins this do in remembrance of me right our lord those words in the gospels and and saint paul uh those words are the words of jesus uh and and um and and they are they are powerful um because they are his words not man's words um so that Long answer to a simple, a short, short question. How do I, how do I know this? How do I, be, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. It's, it, it is as simple as that. Dr. Jeffrey Gibbs, who we've had on, um, on KFU quite a bit. And, and he spoke at a conference here in Minnesota North. And one of the comments he made was simply, and he was speaking about resurrection and heaven and all these things. And, and he said numerous times, he's like, well, I guess I got to believe it because Jesus said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And then, and, and at the same time, I'm always brought back to what Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter eight, where it's the, the storm, you know, and Jesus is sleeping and they woke him and says, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, oh, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Yeah. And I think that really comes down to the simplicity of the Lord's supper that, um, it's true because Jesus said so. It is what it is because Jesus said so. And when we actually allow it to be what it is, the benefits, are, which we will cover in the next few weeks here on uh, Concord Matters, the benefits are, are heavenly. The benefits are strengthening. The benefits are comforting. The benefits are, are a blessing that I just remember one time um, that my kids, uh, the church that I served, I mean, there's just all these beloved saints that would, would do everything they could to come forward to receive the body and blood. They could barely walk, and they are forcing themselves up, and people are holding their hands, and they just can't do it. And they're like, why don't they sit in the back? And once again, it's not, it's not sinful not to come forward for, for communion. If the pastor has to take you know, bring it to you, that it's the same thing, right? Yep. But they would just really push that they believed um, and it was such a witness to my children, such a witness to me. Uh, typically, you know, these people would do this on that Sunday. I'm exhausted. I'm kind of convinced no one cares and da, 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 da. And they would just push themselves forward 
to receive that body and blood. And in many ways, to hear those words, this is the true body yeah. of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. And why? Because, well, because Jesus said so. And oftentimes, oh, you have little faith, which is why we should take the Lord's Supper. Absolutely. Because we are ones with little faith, Absolutely. but our Lord gives us those means. Pastor, anything, any other stories you got like that? I mean, it is so powerful. Yeah, I've, I've had a few people, uh, you know, say, I'm not worthy to take the Lord's Supper or, you know, I'm, I'm struggling in my faith. I, I don't know whether I should go to the supper. And I say to them all the time, that's precisely what it's there for. It's for those who are, are struggling. It's for those who are weak. It's for those. Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. And so that person that's wrestling, right, that person that's struggling, the Lord's Supper is present there for you of, to, to, to strengthen your faith. It is, it is that gift that our Lord gives. And it is, it is a simple thing. Just, uh, I think the importance of using bread and wine. Uh, it, I mean, I think that's uh, another key element to all of this. Um, we, uh, we, we, you know, there, sometimes people, this, some churches try to use other things. I know grape juice is often used. I, I would, I would try to stick with the elements that our Lord gives, right? Bread, wine. Uh, I think there, if you're struggling with, you know, uh, an alcohol addiction or an allergic reaction to alcohol. I think there are ways around that with just a little drop of wine and some water. Um, or, or, you know, I think there are op options for you, but it's important to use those elements that our Lord gives so bread, you know, bread and wine. I know that little weight, we were talking about this in the class just recently that I took at seminary talking about, you know, that little wafer uh, doesn't seem like, like, a, you know, should we be using a loaf of bread? Um, well, that presents all kinds of issues with it as well. Uh, I think, the, mm -hmm. that, you know, the, what we have, the elements that we have certainly are bread and, and wine. And, and we use them um, because that's what our Lord commanded. Um, you know, not, not, not crackers and grapes you know I've, I've heard of churches not not lcms congregations thankfully but i've heard of other congregations using you know uh, for the kids you know grapes and crackers i don't know whether that that doesn't constitute what our lord commanded so that's a whole other we could talk about that for a little while too but i um certainly uh you know where we've been in this conversation this this uh last uh, 40 minutes or so i think has been definitely good uh, about, you know, this is Christ's body. It's very clear. It's very simple. It's not, it's, it, it is easily understood, um, but not easily uh, rationalized out. And that's the faith, you know, um, it, how can a little bit of water wash away my sins? Well, it's water connected to the word. How can a little bit of bread and a little bit of wine wash away my sins well because it's bread and wine connected to god's word um it is not just a little bit of water and it's not just a little bit of bread and wine it is it is those elements connected to the word of god which constitutes a sacrament right that's what that's what makes a sacrament well it's the element with the word of god and and the promise of god and the command of god do this and um and and in those in that command and in that word and in that 
little elements, those elements that God, simple things, right? Um, bread and wine are simple things. They're not complex. Um, there, there, our Lord is for us. Uh, and I know you're going to talk more about the benefits of it later. Um, you, you just can't separate that what, what it is from those wonderful gifts, right? <laughs> that's the thing. And that's the struggle that we had is trying to um, focus on one part or the other, because if it, if is means is, and, and Jesus is truly there, how could we ever stop there? Yeah. You can't stop. Oh, oh, okay. That's good. Now we'll move on. No, it, it instantly leads you to what we'll be talking about next time. That if this is what it is, then forgiveness of sins, life and salvation are there. Jesus even says it for the forgiveness of your sins. Yeah. So it's the same reality that when he says is means is, it doesn't stop there because, and I love how you said this, there's that gap. The, what happened on the cross and the empty tomb and where we are today, we can easily see like, ah, you know, th- that doesn't really affect me today. No, it does. Yeah. <laughs> and he's given you the gifts of what he won there today to give it to you today so that you're able to live out the life that he's called you to live with these means, confessing him, living out your vocations, all of that all together. And he connects it together in a beautiful way for us to remember that, yeah, you can't separate what it is and the benefits and also the benefits he gives to us today. So he's there. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a constant back and forth of thanksgiving and then receiving, thanksgiving and receiving of a back and forth throughout our whole Christian life. Now, Pastor, I want to um, I want to highlight one thing. You mentioned uh, we have about five minutes left in our time. Yeah. Is maybe we should have bring this up right away. Is someone could say, okay, so it's about um, it's about faith. It's about what I believe. It's about obedience, if you will. So therefore, and this is kind of how we go in America. I could use Mountain Dew and yeah. and Doritos. Yeah. Um, and and so let's break this down a little bit. What, why would we use wine and and unleavened bread, especially in the context of what meal they were eating? Yeah. Um, how do you want to break that down? Yeah. So obviously, this is the Last Supper, right? This is uh, this is the this is a Passover meal that our Lord is celebrating with his disciples, uh, and uh, and he takes uh, bread and wine uh, from that uh, Passover meal. Uh, which would have had implications in and of themselves um, for the Passover meal. And he uses those elements within the confines of that Passover then to talk about the new Passover, you know, the, the new, um, uh, the, the Passover to end all Passovers, right? Uh, the Passover to kind of reinstitute all Passovers. So the Passover is where where our Lord uh, delivers the children of Israel out of Egypt on, you know, that last, it's not really the last plague. It is, it is the, it, it's more than a plague. It is the, the death of the firstborn of Israel, or excuse me, the firstborn of Egypt. And, um, and, and the blood of the lamb is spread on the doors so that, um, so that the, the angel of death would pass over um, the children of Israel, which is exactly what happens. And they celebrate the, the lamb, they, they, they have a, a feast in which there's bitter herbs and, and bread and wine, and there's different cups. And um, boy, that's a whole conversation that would take longer than just five minutes. But certainly the, the, uh, 
the, the elements used in that Passover are what are now used in this, this new meal that has been instituted. That is the, the Passover to end all Passovers is the way I like to look at it. No need to have a Passover anymore because now we celebrate the Lord's Supper, which is, which is a, a, a meal um, that, was, that, our, that our Lord institutes. And, and so our Lord uses the bread and the wine from that meal. And, and I think there's, there's an important, we, we, we should use what he used. Um, we should use the elements that, that he used because the, he took bread. And said, "This is this is my body." He took the wine and said, "This is my blood." Um, and, and so, using other elements, I think are that can, that can be that can cast doubt on whether it really is what what the Lord said it is, right? And Mountain Dew and cookies, okay, that sounds nice, but then that brings a whole other question as as to whether this is really the meal that jesus instituted or not if we're using elements that are not that were not used in jesus day and when we have those elements so readily right when we have bread and wine so readily available um and and uh, so that that that's sort of the way i would approach that I, I i think you have this wonderful passover and then our lord institutes the passover to end all passovers in his in the lord's supper the, you know and uh, and he uses those elements within that meal uh, for the Lord's Supper. So we should use them as well. Um, we should use the same elements that he used. Our, our professor, like you mentioned about your professor, one of our professors said, "What is a better alternative than to use what Jesus probably used?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's yeah. What's, and that's what's so great about the simplicity, which is why I encourage you, our listeners. That if you are one that's like I don't not and I'm not quite sure, um, go back to the Word and and to realize the simplicity of what our Lord has given to us and the implications, because the implication is that that really is Jesus there, that that really is um, what He promises. And if you want to go back even to the Passover, like Pastor explained so well, that that saved God's people, well, then maybe this can save you. Not because it's this little meal, but because Jesus gave it to us, because Jesus won it for you, and the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are there. And why would you say no to that? Yeah. I mean, why, why would we even want to do this? Um, that is the, the simplicity, but yet the profound comfort that is there as we look at this. So, Pastor, we have about a minute and a half left in our time. How would you encourage our listeners today as they hear about all the gifts that are given in the Lord's Supper and its implications for them, their family, and for others? Yeah, we. so, you know, uh, I think about the shut-ins, and I know you've visited many a shut-in, and uh, taking the Lord's Supper to the shut-ins is just a wonderful opportunity for them, and they look forward to that. And so, and, and, and like, you know, what we've been talking about on, on Sunday mornings, the God's people wandering in the wilderness that is the wilderness today are in need of that manna from heaven, that bread from heaven that our Lord feeds and sustains his people um, with. And, and, and that's the Lord's Supper. Uh, we need that. Um, we need that forgiveness, life and salvation in Christ in with and under that bread and wine in our lives as we live. Um, 
in this wilderness as we are journeying toward the promised land that, that our Lord has um, prepared for us at the end of either our life here or, or, or when he returns and, 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 and takes us all to be with him in heaven. So uh, I, that, you know, we keep eating, right? We, we, we are hungry people and we need God's, God's meal, God's food uh, in the Lord's Supper. Uh, I think that is, uh, so that, that's what I would encourage you, right? Be hungry, right? Be hungry for the gifts that God gives, um, you know, relish that meal and, and rejoice in that meal and look forward to it uh, Sunday after Sunday where, where Christ is for you, for your forgiveness, life, and salvation. Pastor Keith Lynch of Grace Lutheran Church in Naples, Florida, clearly confessing the truth of the sacrament of, uh, sacrament of the altar and reminding us, just keep eating. Pastor Lynch, thank you for your faithful teaching on Concord Matters. I'm your host, Pastor Brady Finner, and thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe.